Jim Joyce. Here we are. <laughs> Wednesday. Another day. Dude, I it really felt like weeks since because usually you and I at least catch up briefly on Monday, not this Monday, and just been heck. Yeah. But, I, I feel like you're riding this clubhouse. Like we talked a little clubhouse last week, but you're riding the clubhouse wave here. How's it feeling? So I'll be frank with you. That first weekend, Marina couldn't separate me right from it. It's like she literally, I don't, I don't remember if I talked about it, but she needed to hop into a room to tell me that, you know, food is ready. I was in one of the rooms with you. you that's, right, that's, right, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, it's a, it's a hit or miss. Um, honestly, I haven't been right. on. Uh, I think I hopped in. Um, Anna, um, um, uh, my key who lives here, she hopped onto a room. Robin right. Walters from TechEU was leading the session. So I hopped in because right. it's like respectable people that know the shit they're talking about. And right. otherwise, right. I found really, yeah, just wasting my, my, my time. Honestly, yeah. I'm, yeah. O- I'm over it. That's the short version. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I kind of feel that way a little bit too. Although I saw some amazing stuff, like I saw the yeah. um, I saw Naval on there. Um, I kind of saw the repercussions of Elon Musk going on there, so that's pretty amazing. That was pretty yeah. like um, that's so amazing. So it's powerful, but it does feel like is it going to be, you know, is it going to be a wave or is that is it just you know it's the only place you can do what they're doing, right? There's no other place you can do what they're doing. No, I mean, and it hits all the points. I mean, let, let's see. Let's see what happens with yeah. it all. But I, I'm definitely like, I'm back to my podcast listening um, right. on a treadmill or whatever. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. managing the time. Um, one, one quick shout out, um, and sure. I'm sure she will appreciate it. And you and I spoke about her. Um, the power of this show, man. Okay, talk. I'm, talk I'm, I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting everybody like situated at the edge of their seat. So <laughs> you've been told me that somebody I introduced you to who reached out, you know, I yeah. have my serendipity calls who stumbled on the two of us on the show. Right. I actually respond to people. No, I'm kidding. Um, so Jillian Pierce, <laughs> Jillian, Jillian Pierce, who is just amazing. She impressed the shit out of me right. on that first call. And you had a, I'm sure, discussion. Yeah. She just started with you guys. Yeah, Amazing. yeah. So she's our new, she's Health Beacon's Director of Business Transformation. Um, and, you know, we just appointed a role. She was so talented, so bright. Um, she's running two huge launches for us, uh, you know, already. We went through an interview process and she was using the, the show to kind of get a beat on Health Beacon and get a beat on like how to approach the company. <laughs> so it was absolutely phenomenal. And, and she's in her first week this week. She just looks amazing. Everyone's super excited to have her board. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you to the universe. Thank you to Eugene. <laughs> and, and actually, you know, it was in her own hands. So thank you, Jillian, for right. reaching out to us or, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Lastly, before we, we let um, our guest in, I just want to give a shout out. I don't know if you if, if we're going to figure this out or not, hearing wise, but it was Michael Dillian's birthday yesterday. So, you know, awesome. he's an old man now. And I asked him <laughs> to leave a little. Yo, Eugene, what's up, my brother? Taking over the plane somehow. Anyway. So we got a happy happy birthday to Michael Dillian. Yeah, yes, shout um, out to I'm gonna I'm going to actually have a drink. But in the meantime, Let's let our guest in, um, Rebecca Love. I am super excited to talk to her. It's been ages. She goes, Rebecca or Rebecca? Hey. I'm sorry. Hey. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys, I didn't know it wasn't on. How are you? Nice to meet you, Jay. Well, I don't think we've had the chance to meet you. No, we haven't. I just met you through one of your TED Talks or online. I just met you. I just was listening to you a few minutes before the show, but pleasure to meet you. <laughs> so nice and, to meet you. Hi, Gene. And Rebecca, I'm sorry. I'm already drinking, but it's already 8 p.m. here, so I'm allowed, I think. Oh, good. I have my coffee. Okay, we're good. This is good. And, and, and are you, you're in Ireland, is that right? Right. I'm in Ireland. I'm in Ireland. And, and are you still in Spain? Are you, are you still yeah. over there? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're we're in Barcelona. I'm purposely not yeah. sitting outside to make all of the people on the east coast of US <laughs> jealous of the weather. I mean, people might like snow as well. So, right, but where are you, Rebecca? Boston. So we we miss most of that storm, but I'm telling you, there is a massive amount of storm not far from here. There is everybody is buried up and down the east coast, so it is quite yeah, funny I heard to see this. what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just another another thing to keep you inside. It's like kind of God. <laughs> throwing the snow at your door or something right <laughs> thank goodness though right because i have to tell you like the covid cases are finally coming down in the u.s i mean you guys are killing us like across in europe like you guys are doing so much better than we are over here but no it's so uh, good yeah. we've got our depends. moments we've got our days like a lot of things <laughs> we've got our moments <laughs> depends where i i'm still i think we talked about it but i'm still um wait a minute where's the c19 sign hold on you didn't know the rule rebecca what's the rules we miss C-19. So the way the rules, the rule, the quick rule is we don't say those words on this show, even though it is reality outside. This is like our, <laughs> our, 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 bubble? our safe. the situation's safe. safe space. So is there safe space? But yeah, because we, we, it, it's really a self-management issue, uh, just so we don't talk about it the whole time, you know? <laughs> exactly. I like it. I like it. I do remember, and we wanted you to introduce yourself to others. Uh, so you and I obviously met and we'll, we'll reminisce of, of the good old conference yeah. days. But um, I, you know, I, I'd love for you to kind of take us back, like, who are you? <laughs> like, introduce yourself. <laughs> Yeah, are we right? so good to know. Well, hey, Rebecca Love, I'm a nurse, nurse practitioner by training. I spent most of my uh, young career, you know, growing up in the side of academia, frontline, primary care as a nurse practitioner, ventured into the world of entrepreneurship. And then um, the, the world changed when I went to a hackathon with, uh, with I wanted problems in healthcare. And that's sort of when I dived into the path of exploring worlds of healthcare hackathons and how can nurses be empowered to bring great solutions forward. And I um, stepped into the world of putting on a first nurse hackathon, developing the first program of nurse innovation entrepreneurship at Northeastern University, and then spinning that out now into a large scale nonprofit across the United States that's spanning um, a couple a couple continents at this point in time to focus on elevating nurses to the forefront of healthcare innovation. So that's, uh, that's awesome. the interesting side so it's awesome we, we're gonna have to peel the onion a little bit and i complete, <laughs> by the way i don't know if you guys caught it so for the audience i had another completely different question and i couldn't remember what the hell i wanted to ask you so i jumped to the introduction what, what, what's <laughs> what's the name of the nonprofit? just for the listeners yeah it's called sanciel the society of nurse scientists innovators entrepreneurs and leaders I sort of awesome. came, it was a, it just, I don't know if you guys do this when you go around and you do New Year's resolutions. I was lost for one. And all of a sudden I went for a long walk. The sun broke through the clouds in the middle of a New England day. And this name came to me and I was like, do we need another nursing association? And I'm like, there's, we don't, there's 800 of them in the United States alone. We don't need another one. But I keep listening to those voices in my head. You guys are in that world, right? You listen to that sign. Something keeps on telling you and, uh, and the world just works. When things are meant to happen, I think they fall into place. And that sort of did for the organization. So I don't know about you, Jim, but I'm already getting my like shot of energy. And that's what I was going to say right. earlier that 
you've been a big <laughs> fan from the beginning. I think you were sort of commenting and I think you even texted me saying, love what you guys are doing. Sorry it took so long, but you know, I just, no excuses, yeah. honestly. And I have a few things, I have a few things to admit here. So um, first of all, nurses are my favorite people in the world, like probably like yourself. So I, I start there. So my, my first company that I launched was effectively a nursing company. That was the, how I got into entrepreneurism, where I built out a, you know, a nursing system that was, that we were trying to empower in Ireland. They didn't, there was a lot of really good clinical practices that nurses weren't technically allowed to do. And so we were challenging a lot of that and the legislation was changing. And so that was kind of where there. And then I, and then I, I have, I love Ireland. I spent some time there actually exploring if American nurses could work there. So I love what you guys have done with your oh. system. Um, and also, I mean, you have just such a different scope on midwifery and everything along those, but I didn't know that's how you started this entire venture into entrepreneurship. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, it was a company. Now I wasn't, a, I wasn't, I'm not a nurse. Um, I'm not a nurse by training, but that was that was where I saw the opportunity was giving nurses. And I was just listening to your podcast, but I, let's hear more about you, you before I ask you. <laughs> yeah, let, let's peel the onion a little bit, because honestly, <laughs> uh, I think in any startup pitches, you you can squeeze every, anything in 30 seconds. It's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I think that you have that moment when you're a nurse and you're training and you get 20 seconds with the doctor and you have to explain six patients who's the most urgent to see and why you need their attention on those. So I think that it's just the way of survival in the world of nursing. And huh. I think that's how we learned how to prioritize, tell the most important because nobody's going to listen after 10 seconds anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing. Yeah. We'll listen. We'll listen. We're here. We'll we, got, we got all the time in the world for you. <laughs> we got nowhere to go. <laughs> so uh, maybe just like I, I am going to reminisce because I, I'll be frank with you. I do miss some of the conferences. So I remember, I think, sitting with uh, Shauna Butler, um, another amazing nurse uh, at XMed, Daniel Kraft's event. And Shauna's like, come, you got to meet Rebecca. And I literally got that shot of energy right there. And it was middle of the day in San Diego, right? So do you do you miss it? I know, like, do you miss getting out there? Do you miss, you know, that serendipity? You know, I think that I think all of us that thrive on human interaction, COVID has been so hard for. And I think what's the <laughs> hardest thing is that as much in this virtual world, there is nothing like showing up at a conference and uh, C-19, uh, in, the, in the C-19 world, there's nothing like human to human interaction when you show up at a conference and you're sitting next to somebody that you had no idea was going to be this person who just sort of moonshotted your way of thinking to a different place. And I think that's what was so great right. about XMED, right? You go to these conferences and that it breaks down those barriers where events like this happen, but you get, to, you get filtered, right? You get filtered by what's the title, who's the email, what time did it come in? And at conferences, Sarah serendipity, which I think is just the, the point of right. all of our lives, right, is has been removed from the current environment. So I miss it desperately. I don't know how you guys are managing it. Well, obviously, you're managing it by doing this incredible podcast, right, and bringing all these rock stars. Yeah, we're like, we're like, a, we're like a self-help bubble for each other. That's how yeah. we're managing it. And then we're trying to bring people like you to kind of boost us up midweek. <laughs> That's pretty much our strategy. Okay, I this, right? We all need it. I totally agree. <laughs> but tell me, so, so, the what the thing the thing that Eugene and I and we cover this topic a lot we probably kind of bore our, our Joe Rogan style volume of listeners here but um <laughs> but the the it's the space I I think that's what I'm struggling with is the space so like I find like you know like how do you create that space for you know thinking laterally you know, in the efficiency of this going video to video to video to video 
means that it kind of crushes you. So if you want to think a little differently, I think that's what it's crushing a bit for me. Yeah, and I, I don't and I, I don't know if you guys are looking at 2021, but I think that the, the, the first conferences that we're looking at aren't, aren't possibly going to happen until August at the earliest, and if those are going to go off or not. I mean, I, I don't know also what this whole intercontinental look of travel is going to be. And I think what we value so much is that you can sit in your bubble in the United States and you can have great conversations, but where the magic happens is with people from around the world show up and they give you different perspectives and it changes the way you're having the, the processes that you're dealing with. And I think that um, one of those things those conferences do like XMED and Singularity and those ones that really disrupt the status quo in terms of your way of thinking is they welcome these different kinds of individuals to get on planes and spend eight hours traveling for a day and saying, hey, it's worth showing up because who I, I, I don't know about you, but I've met people at those organizations who yeah. trans. I've done projects with them and just from meeting them for an hour sitting like this like yeah. you know sitting and having conversation suddenly six months later they're like can you help with the project can you build this out like there's amazing things that happen when you go to events like that and I'm not I'm not sure if the world's working the same way without those events happening are we having that uh, kind of connection? up until about a week ago uh and before you jumped in we were talking about clubhouse I thought clubhouse is it this is my my serendipity, which I, to a certain extent, I, I think I'm still finding that. Um, I just spending yeah. a lot less time on it now. And actually, are you on Clubhouse? Are you on Clubhouse? I hear it's an invite only. There actually, there was. I had a whole bunch of nurses email me saying we can't get invites into Clubhouse. How do we Rebecca, get nurses into Clubhouse? If you guys have the way we'll, in, we'll hook we're you in, up. We're in. We'll hook you up. We'll, we'll send it to you up. right now. We get you in. We get you in. Clubhouse needs you. Clubhouse needs you. That's... You and Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't know if you tuned in. I did, but anyway. Okay, so a, so yeah. Eugene, I, I I don't know where you wanted to go back to the, the beginning. So you're like a you're what's happening just to jump into it. So like what's what's going right with nursing? What's going wrong? Like where do you want nurses to play right now in this whole kind of digital health space? And what are you trying to get done? Yeah, so I think that what's happening in nursing today is unprecedented challenges, and we've talked about this before, but I, I don't know if you guys know some of the statistics, but in the world, there's 18 million nurses, and there's 4 million nurses in the United States alone, and if you quantify that, there are more nurses in the United States than any other profession, any cab driver, police officer, fireman, we're the largest population, not only in healthcare, but in any working one, um, and, and in 2020, and uh, we were already facing the largest retirement that the United States has ever going to face in nursing, the largest exodus, but we saw a speed up of the amount of people retiring and leaving the profession. So in the United hmm. States alone, we're facing about a 1.25 million nursing shortage um, that they believe now is going to hit us at the year 2025. They had projected that um, at the year 2030. If you were to go online right now, there are over 900,000 openings for nurses in the United States right at this moment. Um, I but I think the challenge is we thank goodness and they call it the Fauci effect. I'm guessing you guys are having it in Europe that it's inspiring people go back to medical school, go back to nursing school, become scientists. I mean, what a right. great thing, you know, we're not just having a whole bunch of people that were like right. my kids to be football like stars, e right? Epi epidemiology, epidemiologists were like this and it's kind of... <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> We need that to happen. I heard the same thing happened after the sound of music. They had a whole enrollment into the, the people that wanted to be nuts. 
really good enrollment into nursing school. The great news is, is we're seeing that happen, but what we don't see in most of these other professions that we're seeing in nursing is nearly 50% of new graduates that come out of nursing school in the United States leave the bedside within two years of practice. And it is a mm. unprecedented, staggering number of nurses who leave the profession. And wow. nobody talks about it. Um, so we graduate 250,000, 125,000 of those disappear what? from the bedside. Um, I think there's a lot of issues that go into this, but the biggest one I think is I, I, when you start off as a nurse, your first day of your career, you're handling the same level of acuity as nurses with 30, 40 years of experience. Two years in, the average increase of salary is only on average 1.5% year after year. You're working a day-night, holiday, weekend rotation. When you make a mistake, you've potentially killed somebody. And you're looking at your friends two years out of university who've had two promotions. They're working nine to five, Monday through Friday. They're getting some bonuses. You're looking at your life of day-night, holiday, weekend rotations, thinking, right. oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing next. And I think what we've always looked at nursing is a job, not a career. And what we have never done is facilitated career pathways for nurses in the profession. Right. So, so I think kind of, a number of barriers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of, I think when you look at your career, um, like my sister was a nurse at a Boston and nurse, I'd say Susie Joyce, call calling my sister out, but actually no, Susie Devitt, she's married. <laughs> but the, uh, so we just saw this incredible growth in her. Like she was someone that, uh, you know, went through school and not to make it about my sister, but she had dyslexia. And, and so they kind of thought, you know, she, you're so academically, she was always challenged and I was quite frustrated. And then, you know, figured that out later on in life, went back to school and nursing. And she's like, like unbelievable, like this kind of genius level, med you know, medic, you know, operating the system. But the, I would look at her and I'd say the burnout, that was always what I felt was like, the, the, like you said, the stress um, physically, you know, moving people around, dealing with people in an emergency room, that stuff seemed to, that stress level seemed to be huge. And on, on top of it all, I mean, so aside from the physical work, right, um, there's all this administrative stuff, right, because uh, minus and docs don't want to enter stuff in. And, you know, and actually, you know, as it touches your coach, uh, Marina has been meeting, and I know we've spoken about this a while back, we have, I'd say five to 7% of our registered health coaches on the platform are registered nurses who basically said, you know what, we can no longer help patients inside that system. We're gonna go outside of the system and try to help outside, right? So right. it's just- You guys so you are make McCarthy over at uh, Microsoft. And, and uh, you know, she, I think she came to XMed one year too. And she was the chief nursing officer at Microsoft. She's had a huge promotion. And I remember I was sitting on a panel with her I'm at some conference and she said, you know, I think we all wish that we could just blow up healthcare and start over, right? And I think <laughs> that we feel that way being in the business of healthcare, but when you really get to those frontline workers, they're living an experience that's so broken. Like we're doing, and nurses are doing on average 27 workarounds a shift and are in um, uh, 28 different places or something over the course of an hour. So they are 
constantly innovating in a highly inefficient environment that nobody seems to be able to fix. So they're living, you know, insanity day in, day out without any ability to fix it. So to your point on what your, what your sister saw, I'm sure that just the physical stress and the emotional of everything that goes on, but then there's these inefficiencies that drive us crazy from the healthcare business perspective. But when you actually put it into practice, that becomes exemplified and you live that over and over and over without being able to fix it. And I think that's the challenges that we're seeing that nurses are burning out. Brilliant nurses. So you want to turn them into entrepreneurs? I'd like to turn them into innovators. <laughs> I think that innovators. Though, I, I was just on, we've, ha- we've been running these hackathons for nurses and I was just on, it takes about 18 months from one of our hackathon winners to get to a business. And I remember the founder of this company said, man, innovation is so different entrepreneurship. Um, and I think that that's the things, but I think what we're just hoping is we can get nurses' voices to be heard to be so that somebody recognize the brilliance, like you said, your sister had, the brilliance that she has, and to hear her to say, hey, here's a problem, and here's how we want to fix it, and not just do a task. Mm-hmm. So innovators. So, and then, and then, okay, so what happens? So you're, so, so they're seeing all these problems and saying, why can't they just fix it? And, and they're going into that environment. So how, how, how's that going? Huh. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's not like Google or Amazon or any place that you guys probably work with. They, they come and they say, hey, here's a problem. Here's how we want to fix it. Um, I think they keep it hidden. And I think that's why part of this burnout happens. I think that the value of nurses are seen as task drivers, right? Here's a list of tasks that you have to accomplish. We want you to stay by the bedside. Here's a list to keep patients alive. And when they come in and they bring in these new ideas, I think that the focus by so much of management is on the day-to-day in front of them, that they can't see that if they clarified this problem, it would create a lot more sustainability. But as you guys know, the idea that a nurse can take an idea all the way from simply an idea to a product and then actually get that adopted into healthcare, you guys know this, you've been in healthcare innovation and, and entrepreneurship. It's nearly impossible, right? So how do you, uh, nurses, how do you help nurses who have been taught the language of caring and bedside and empathy and they haven't taught, been taught anything on business, right? So when they, when you ask and your sister probably does this and your loved ones, you guys are coaches, right? They speak in the language, I think this or I feel that, right? But you guys know what that means when, when somebody comes and says, so I would love to hear your perspectives of, you know, why, where do you guys see the role of nurses and healthcare? Why are we having this conversation? Why was that important to you to have a conversation? conversation about nursing today oh yeah so I, well, it's awesome but go ahead Eugene. Go, you go you go 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 i keep interrupting because i have man. a delay here on please. this side yeah no you go eugene hit it uh, honestly for us as jim said was uh just to bring in an awesome person who is full of energy and also a very important um propagator of nursing profession and i think i've always said it be- on um uh, kind of in my previous roles, right? Um, it's, uh, it's sometimes you don't actually need to talk to the doc, just talk to the nurse for adoption, right? Um, I mean, that's been a lot of my feedback to the startups that are actually pitching to, you know, hospital systems and ACOs, et cetera, talk to the nurses. So I, you know, yeah. for me, because we do have a lot of listeners that are startups and VCs and et cetera, I think this is super fascinating to hear it. And I was actually going to ask, but I don't know, Jim, if you had something around, like you mentioned nurse hackathons, right? Like, so what happens? What's that process? Because you said like from hackathon to something is like 18 months. Just walk us through a little bit. I'm curious. 
Yeah, you know, um, and, and Jim, we'll get right back to you. We'll answer this one question. Um, so we were really lucky. After I went to my first hackathon and we, we launched one in the nursing space, we had no idea if anybody would buy into this idea that nurses could innovate. So we were really lucky. And I, I don't know if this is okay, but our, our partners, um, after we spun out Sanziel, is Johnson & Johnson, pivoted their 15-year campaign of thanking nurses to recognizing that the future of nursing really should include innovation. So a woman by the name of Linda Benton, happy to connect to you guys, basically reached out and said, please tell me that you're not going to leave this behind. Because what we saw happen to nurses who experienced a hackathon was not only a difference that they saw that they could make an idea into solving a problem, but they saw a transformation in themselves and like anything I had ever experienced for nurses. They felt like they were heard and valued and appreciated. Mm -hmm but more importantly, that they could do something with it. So uh, after we started Sanciel, we've been running now uh, twice a year hackathons and Microsoft came in as our most recent partner. So we do J&J &J and Microsoft and biannual hackathons with hundreds of people virtually and it's fantastic. And they form these teams and um, to your point, what is that gap? So you guys know when you meet innovators, um, there's going to be people that you meet that are going to go the distance, right? Being an entrepreneur yep. is not for the faint of heart. You guys have both been there. Starting anything is nearly impossible to do, but to really get to that point that you're going into business and have a product to launch, an 18-month time frame is allowing, so hackathons, whole bunch of uh, uh, strangers show up. They don't know each other. They spend three days incredibly formulating ideas. They love each other, and then the business sets in. Who's putting in money? How are we doing an LLC? What's the name of the company, things fall apart quickly, right? So a lot of the teams <laughs> shake out. It's those yeah. that formulate and continue together. And about 18 months later is where we start to see the proof of their hard work, the stumbling, the LFCs, the products are ordered, um, and that they're going they're going to market. And that's about the cycle we're seeing from hackathon to, uh, for nurses at least. Um, and we're mm. seeing a very strong number of nurses actually starting companies from these hackathons, which I think is relatively yeah. unusual for the market of hackathons nowadays. Yeah. yeah I, I was going to just correct you one thing. Starting something is actually very easy. It's... <laughs> It's it's going that literally the next step. I still I still have like forty seven domains that are cool as hell. Right, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, no, starting's not the problem. Yeah, yeah. For some people, starting's the problem. That's not for me. It's not the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like that first part, and then I'm like, who's going to sustain this? So, Jim, what are, right. what are you like? What are you thinking about all this? So, no, I, I think I, like I'm totally fascinated by it. So, you know, and I, I have to be careful about when I when I was thinking about how the nursing innovated in the Irish setting. Actually, there was a there was a minister of health that came in named Mary Harney, who's now on the board of my company. And she um, changed the legislation that allowed, you know, that introduced nurse prescribing. And, you know, I had built a company up that allowed IV administration to happen. But there was actually technical rules in place or perceived to be that didn't allow a nurse to kind of independently, you know, cannulate a patient or something. So, um, so I witnessed that whole thing. And what I found interesting, I, I think you're like, you're so onto something, but it's like, it's about that growth, right? That career path and that growth. And then I also think the way the training works is, you know, it's, it's a real vocation, right? It's a real vocation. And there's, you know, it's almost accepting that there should be growth in that vocation and that you should move through cycles in that vocation. And it's not necessarily just a manager, you know, or just doing something that, that, that I think that's, I think what you're onto is something really interesting. If they think about that, like in all of us is growth, like what you do in the first part of your nursing career and how to that piece and, you know, different path 
persuasive growth. So I think that's, I think for me, that's when it strikes me. When I talked about working with our, be very careful about introducing innovation in a team of 50s. They, if I introduce innovation, so uh, like, in, in, I mean, I had to be very, very careful because they were so, you know, and this is a broad sweep, but they were so sensitive to the patient circumstances and making sure that they could deliver on the service in a, in a way that they were so sent that was so centric to them. So any little tweak or any little innovation had to be very carefully thought through. And they were kind of, that's how I felt about it. So I think this idea that kind of allowing them to change and allowing to think of something different. And then I like this idea that you're, I think you're, you're thinking about is like, is like, how do you move from that initial of inspirational location into other areas? Like we see, you know, doctor to digital healthies and playing a different role, right? Um, and and I think, you know, we've seen other, air, like ancillary uh, healthcare professionals of, you know, physios and uh, moving in. And I really feel that maybe nursing's underrepresented in digital health, Eugene. I don't know what you think. I I would think so. I, I mean, yeah. there's, I, I don't know that many startups in the space even. I, I'm sure you you do, Rebecca, but I I mean, I'm just thinking like intelligent health. I think that's one that's uh, I've heard recently about, uh, if I'm not mistaken. This is kind of, you know, helping nurses find opportunities and vice versa. Um, yeah. So I, like, I, I don't know, that that's, I'm not sure if I'm adding anything to the conversation, but I think this idea of vocation and this idea of, of, of like, if you can give them different pathways that might light, light up a different thought of how they could think about the career, like your own career. Like, first of all, where are you from originally? So I'm originally from the Midwest, but I, I had had a company that got acquired by a company in the UK, actually. And so I had spent, okay. and I worked in the British Parliament, so I've spent a lot of time in the UK. Oh it was fantastic. Okay. I love it all. But it was, nursing was a second career choice. And to your point, I think that nurses are taught, and it's really, it's, it's, and Shauna Butler says this all the time, and she sums it up so well. In nursing school, we're taught two things, and we're told no all the time. Don't kill patients, don't harm patients. So follow protocol, procedure, and policy at all costs. And so we're almost beaten out of us, the idea of thinking differently. And that mm. is such a fundamental challenge because when you get into the hospital floor and everything is not working correctly, you sort of do the best that you can. You try to innovate with what you have, but you get in trouble when you do so. So we then bury it further. So I think the, the question is, I mean, that's, that's where I think hackathons sit so beautifully, is where can you allow nurses to safely experience innovation if they can't do it on the floor? And hackathons, I think, are that perfect spot to allow them to identify and flourish and do it in a safe space because obviously we don't want everybody to run off and just say hey I think yeah. this could work for a patient but let's <laughs> Like in a place with C19, for example, one of the things that nurses did that they could do under their scope of practice, which is position changes, it was nurses who first started to flip patients onto their abdomen so that they could breathe better. This is counterintuitive to everything we ever learned in nursing school, but because we knew that the only thing that was going to happen next was to intubate a patient that had C19. Um, the reality was as we flipped them, suddenly the nurses started to see pulse ox going up dramatically. And that is what has really, you know, changed an entire wow. mechanism of treatment. So what I, what I think we're seeing here is that there has to be some flexibility within the ability of nurses. And to your point, no, they're not a lot in the digital health space because nurses in the United States, at least, you cannot bill for any nursing services. So we're as valuable to the healthcare system as basically a chair or a bed because we're rolled into the room. 
room rate, which seems as strange, but who makes all the money for the hospital? The physicians, the physical therapists, the occupational therapists, because insurance will reimburse for them. So our profession has basically been treated as, hey, you're just a commodity. You're basically adding to the services here. You don't have any value on your own. And because we can't charge or bill for anything that we actually do, there is a lack of incentive by healthcare institutions to reinvest back in nursing, putting mm. them on a career path and seeing their value in other places outside of the value that they add to the room as being another nice piece of furniture. But, you know, I, I, I never knew this, by the way. Uh, this is like eye-opening for me. Can you guys hear me okay? Today is just a bad connection. Get you now. Get you okay. Now. Get you back. I was saying. I was saying. I never knew this, so I just learned this now. Um, I, I just assumed. But I guess part of that is, you know, as we go towards kind of value-based systems and you know, really tracking the outcomes, nurses are a absolutely a key component of that, right? Like, I, how do you underinvest because that's who is actually working with the patients many more hours throughout the month, the day, a week, whatever. Are the people by the bedside managed care? The 23 appointments a day of physician is not by the bedside, right? We keep you alive. We recognize the change in statuses. We manage all of the care. We do all the medications, all of the treatments, all of the position changes, all of the assessments that need to be done to keep you alive. And I think what we've done very poorly as well as nursing is we don't quantify or explain what our value is. And I often find myself even catching people like, what do you do, Rebecca? And I say, well, I I'm just a nurse and and in front of anything it downplays what those rules are and I think because we do so much what we can't say is hi I'm a surgeon I go in and I replace knees and I go you know do heart valves we as nurses are a jack of all trades and because of that our skill sets have not been able to be quantified or easily expressed mm. by what the value is we bring to that bedside and again being tied to no economic uh, trackers means that the value and the, the impact that we have on health systems is not measured accordingly to the value that we actually bring. So um, I, I, if you guys can come up with a solution to that, there's been one or two examples that we're seeing in the U.S. market where this has changed. We're being able to uh, charge now for certain kinds of education, diabetes support, things like that. But largely still in patient settings, there is no ability to quantify the actual ability of nurses' value in healthcare. So I have an idea. Um, as I know these are level three CPT codes still for health coaching, but I think every nurse should become a health coach and then that will be actually billable <laughs> by the system. You have to disclose your, disclose your interest in health coaching. I mean, uh, you know... Yeah. Well, this is big. Yeah. No. I, that, like, listen. Come, come apply for a job to Health Beacon. Uh, you know, my company. Like, I, I think the for nurses out there that are listening. I, I you know, I, I, I also wonder too. Is, is the system like I, I, I'm just wondering, Rebecca. Like, is, is money? I don't. It's, it's like it's funny when you come over and you talk to you know about the clinical problems in Europe. You actually very rarely see money being advanced as the primary. But you talk to anyone in the U.S., it's always money and codes and you know, and that's the specificity of like, you know, charging for it in that association. I, I think that, um, like, I wonder too about the heterogeneity, like, I think maybe, you know, what you're seeing and you're unpacking as you see this innovation is that, that, you know, when nurses, when they come through and they're kind of classified and you have these structures in place, like, like these, you know, in a not, not, you know, like where it's a union structures or that kind of approach where it's just like, you know, we lobby as a group, um, you know, we compete for something as this, whereas like, 
you know, they're all individuals and you like, you know, like, like you going on and in, in, in wanting to, you know, uh, spark innovation and travel uh, to the UK and build your career very differently. You know, you see there's so many in, in nursing is so different and different, you know, like an emergency room nurse versus a, you know, one doing an IV administration and one that goes into um, uh, surgery or one that goes into prescriptions, you know, what, you know, all the, the breadth of that there that I feel like, like, it's almost like a break away from the, these structures feel like they might be quite um, compressing, you know, in terms of like allowing someone to kind of grow themselves, you know, that's what I would feel like there's almost, you know, don't cross the picket line, you know, kind of philosophy that I feel exists or am I wrong? I think you're absolutely right. And I think that there is, a, and, and I think that how nursing has been treated, and I think we're seeing this with anyone, um, is that next generation isn't going to accept the same kind of conditions or opportunities that the last generation was. And I, and I, and, and, and in all honesty, I think as we see the rise and I, you know, women and, and having more opportunities in the workplace, because uh, nursing is still 95% women and female. Um, as those women uh, start to get opportunities in other verticals, right? Nursing is in the 1970s and 1980s, even into the 1990s, really women still had a limited career path, right? There was glass ceilings everywhere and nursing was one of those teaching only, or nursing yeah, or teaching, was the nursing, common professions yeah, exactly there wasn't a ton I mean we could and that we saw them break out and, and, and do that but still nursing was the, the if you were going to have a career as a woman nursing allowed you to have a family be a mother and sort of saying still into the limitations of your gender right mm. I think look into the 2000s, women are breaking out of those molds saying, you know, I actually, the role of the mother is very important to me, but I can also be a CEO. And that limiting factor is I, you know, where nursing seems attractive that I can work three days a week and, and this allows you that benefit and you can still be a woman. I think some of that is changing. And I think the next generation mm. of women behind us are going to say, look at it, you know what, that's great that I'm by the bedside and doing, you know, a med surge for two years, but no, I'm not going to, I don't know if you know this, but they also cap nursing salaries out at 20 years you can't get more pay. I think that the next generation of women are going to sit there and say, I, I don't believe in these glass barriers. I want a career advancement. I want somebody to invest in me like I'm investing in them. And they're going to start right. pushing the envelope yep. and redefining <clears throat> them. So I think we're going the to pharma- see generational change. The pharmaceutical industry, like um, I think that's been a real career path. You know, I see huge levels of senior executives with nursing backgrounds, you know, all the, all the way through from entering like, you know, medical science liaison roles all the way up through. I see lots of that seems like that's been a big outlet. I don't know. Well, look, look at Rebecca, right? I mean, not in pharmaceutical industry directly, but with Optimizer OptimizerX, right? You're, you're, you're leading yeah. there. So they, you know, maybe actually, I, how, what brought you there, actually? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. A conference, of all things, is where I met the CEO, um, who was the name of Will Febo. Um, and he, you know, to your point, we sit outside of Life Sciences Company, and it was a, a small meeting of healthcare leaders. And in these conversations that we were having about transformations of population health and how can we strengthen the role of healthcare and digital health along those lines, again, in those conversations that we were having, I would bring up the points, here's what we see in the hospitals, here's what we see in nursing. And he approached me and he said, you know, Rebecca, I don't have a clinician. 
innovation on our team at Optimizer X. And I think this is what we see a ton in healthcare, all these rock star digital technologists coming together to solve this industry. And then they bang their head against walls because the doors don't open because they don't speak the language or understand the breakdown. And Will said, hey, could you join our team um, and, and give us the insight of what speaks to clinicians. And in the last, um, you know, I've only been with the company a little over a year now, but um, it's been transformational to look at and oversee products um, and engagement, and then also conversations of where we should be going on the clinical front. And I think that if you're looking at digital health, and your digital health company. I think for a long time, and especially in the 2000s and going forward, you may not have needed a clinician on your team, right? I think though in the last three years, healthcare systems have become a lot more savvy. They're no longer just willing to work with companies um, that supposedly have the best tech. They want you to also have the clinical knowledge to be able to work with their system. They're not going to spend the time educating you as a health system anymore with all the gaps that you need to know. And I, I think that's a fundamental transformation. So I was very lucky to join a team. Um, but, I, you know, in having that experience in business and having it, I sort of bridged that gap. And I think that's to your point on digital health. I think for companies that are going to go forward, if you think you're going to be effective entering healthcare without having some kind of clinical focus and being able to enter health systems or, or payers right. or any kind of market, you're going to need to have the clinician out there speaking that I mean, language. The, the market matured, right? I mean, the entrepreneurs matured for some are, hmm. you know, second, third time entrepreneurs in this market, <laughs> right? So um, I, I think it's, it's a fascinating development. Oh, and then there's SPACs buying up some of these assets. I'm going to keep saying SPAC until I'm all spacked out. But um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, also that I, I think one of the great, one of the, the great feedbacks that I get from the nursing from a digital health perspective is, um, is that um, kind of user acceptance, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of that, that feedback around uh, the technology that the nurse seems to have a unique perspective. And I think it's driven by that need to be highly efficient and work very versatile. And they're kind of like, they're the last person the patient sees as they leave the hospital. So they're in charge of the discharge. They're thinking about it. They're wondering, will the patient, you know, follow through with that? Uh, will they be successful? Um, yeah, the clinician, like you said, danced in and danced out of the room. And, um, but the nurse is saying with it. So they kind of look at that device and they're going, yeah, there's no way that 80 year old woman that I just saw in the emergency room is going to wrap that around her chest and <laughs> hit it three times a day. <laughs> and the font and the coloring and everything that that user experience. They, I don't know if you know this, but literally nurses are the end user of nearly every medical device on the market. Right. I mean, there's very switch. So if you are building a digital health company and you think, oh, you know, I, I, you know, this is going to be used by hospital systems and you don't think who that end user is or going to be the person who recommends it. Nurses provide all of the education, all of the referrals, all all of the recommendations for right. patients constantly in every vertical. And, and that's not, and I think it's this transformation of healthcare, you know, hospital to the home, which is absolutely the future of where healthcare is going. Who is going to be that person that stands between technology and the patient? It's not going right. to be the doctor. It is going to be the nurse. So I think right. there's a few things like, how do we educate nurses enough to understand that they have a role with technology? Because I have to tell you, our education system is, is, is decrepit and ancient in that, that vertical, right? We, 
we get thrown into the job with all of this new technology that we've never been trained on and they quickly have to adopt it. Um, so I think that there's uh, what we failed to do in nursing is to educate correctly because, and also I think that leads to some of that burnout, but also we haven't created those systems by which they can continuously educate to elevate mm -hmm. and move into these other areas. So I, mm. I, but I, talking to people, you know, you and Eugene, and you, you see the world at where it could be if we had this exponential mindset, if we could really work together in these things. So the, the questions is, is in this world of, of what we're doing, how are we, you know, what, where do you think healthcare is going? And I think that that's some of the question that we see it as nurses, but I don't know if we have a good clarity of what does the rest of the world think where healthcare is going? So I, where do you guys think healthcare is going to be in three to five years? And, 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 you know, what is, what is the role of the nurse in that? Unfortunately, three to five, I think is going to be very much the same with some incremental changes. Yeah. I, 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 I looked at my business plan uh, for a consulting company over 10 years ago or something like that, uh, that, that I started. And I looked at the business plan and the same words that I had in there are still relevant today about healthcare right. specifically, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I, th I think we'll probably ping pinging off of what you said, Rebecca, like, I think that to be a clinician in any sense of the word, you know, whatever, whether that's, you know, whether that's maybe, you know, Eugene, you know, health coaches will be classified as a form of, you know, clinical um, intervention and support. And, you know, wherever that is, you have to be a technologist. So I think that's going to be so fundamental. It's like, I, I feel like that's going to be the probably one of the biggest changes that happen. And I think, you know, we've seen that kind of come in that you, you know, if you're a brilliant oncologist, um, and you were living in Ireland, for example, as you know, there's a limited supply of oncologists, you know, you didn't have to do a video appointment. People would drive any, at any point in time to come see you. Yep. So now they've all had to do video appointments and now they get it. And so their lives have moved to dealing with the technology and how the technology works or runs becomes essential. So it feels to me like that idea that a clinician would come in and say, I'll just be the clinician and I won't understand the technology or I won't uh, be able to get it. That seems to have gone away. So I think, I think the people side feels like it's gonna be the, that you, in order to flourish in that environment, you know, um, they're going to have to so, do it. And, you know, <clears throat> if you look at that million nursing shortage that, you know, that million, like how that is that gap going to be dealt with, you know, you could make the career of nursing more inspirational um, or you can make it more expansive, you know, mm -hmm. or you could reduce, you can improve the efficiency of it. Right. Um, so you don't need the million. I don't know. You know, I, I was just going to say that, you know, this, uh, this whole like squad thing reminded me of like, you know, best buys maybe positioned the best for it with the geek squad, right? That, right. that every nurse is also going to be uh, a member of a geek squad because they have to know a lot of these tech tools, right? Um, right. So, but anyway, I'll, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the timekeeper. I mean, we can make it as long as we want and I'm enjoying the heck out of this, but um, I don't know, yeah. any, any, so we, any, Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I'd love to. I love the question. I'd love to ask you to like leave us with is like so advice for nurse innovators or entrepreneurs. You know, what, what's your advice for them? So I, it, it, it may sound self-serving, but we would love you to join Sanseel. But the truth is, is that as a nurse innovator, the world is going to. Um, I just had, I just was talking to somebody about this. A reporter had called me about one of those nurses that had, had made it. And, and he said, why would they make it? What did you recognize in them? 
that was going to make you recognize that they were going to be successful. And I said, I've met hundreds, if not thousands of nurses who wanted to innovate and be entrepreneurs. And the thing that stands in the way of every entrepreneur that, that doesn't make it is, is that lack of confidence of getting to somebody to get to yes. And to me, it doesn't matter what your degree level is. It doesn't matter where you went to college if or if you did not do that. The re what really matters is your persistence and that vision that you have. Um, and I, I think that if there was something that I could tell the nurses out there is that you're going to get more no's than you're ever going to get yeses. The people are going to think you are crazy and you should own that as a badge of honor. And if you really believe in it, it's not going to be an overnight process, invest in it. It's going to be three to five years before you see a glimmer of hope. And one of the best quotes that I heard is that being an entrepreneur is either you're killing it or it's killing you. And that's the ride you go through every single day as an entrepreneur. So if you're not getting killed by it or you feel like you're killing it, then you probably need to go and make sure that, that you're living it to be that excited about it. So that would be the advice that I would give to a nurse who wants to explore this. I don't think I've ever heard that. If you're killing it or it's killing you, this is fantastic. I, you know, it's, I it's definitely making into the into the notes. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely, that's awesome. Yeah, so well, I hope get people to join. Join. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah. No. Thank you so much. Um, and if you're viewing or listening uh, today, apologize for you know really bad connectivity on my end and since I'm recording but uh, otherwise press the subscribe button and uh, get a shot of Rebecca Love. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Thanks Rebecca.